Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection. The lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hello and welcome to episode number 180 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Tripodi, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline, as always, and we're back again with another great guest for you on the show today. Tight end Zach Davidson from Central Missouri will join the podcast this week, and he's a small school prospect who received an invitation to the NFL Combine before it was canceled. Obviously, these are the types of players that the lack of a combine really hurts the most, and in Davidson's case, his 2020 season was also canceled. So we'll talk to Zach about all of that, what he did to stay prepared for the draft, and his outstanding pro day this week. Tony, tell the people about Zach Davidson, a player I'm assuming most know very little about, if anything at all. Yeah, he's one of those guys that a small school guy, I mean, small school is anything under one double A, that you rarely get to see that, you know, you hear scouts have a decent grade on, and then you go and get the film. And when you watch the film on Zach Davidson from 2019, you can't help but not notice him. The guy stood out, stood out as a pass catcher, the way he moved down the field, the way he looked like really a tall, large possession receiver. Granted, it was on a small school level, but the guy was just making play after play after play. And, you know, sometimes when you get through these small school films, you kind of trudge through them and you're doing it because you have to. But Davidson's film was very enjoyable to watch. Kind of sounds a lot like somebody we had on the show last year, uh, Adam Troutman. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Troutman went on to have a uh, terrific week at the senior bowl. I believe in uh, I think Z- Davidson would have uh, participated in the Shrine game. Well, if I want to look that up, uh, w- which would have been to his benefit, but I think he'll be fine uh, after the pro day he had on Monday, which we'll talk about. We'll get to this week's show in just a minute. But first, a word from our newest sponsor. I don't sleep well, but I'm really good at staying awake and staring at my ceiling. So I'm always looking for new ways to keep it together. My head hits the pillow and bam, my mind races to what I didn't do, what I need to do, yada, yada, yada. Relatable? Yeah, it sucks. Fortunately, Sunday Scaries makes products specifically for overthinkers and night owls like me. Sunday Scaries CBD gummies help you decompress, clear your head, and fall asleep so you can actually wake up a fully functioning human being. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. 
Sunday Scaries, after all, is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. Don't believe me? We've got 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use our promo code TONY for your discount. That's promo code TONY for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. Now, it's our pleasure to welcome onto today's show tight end Zach Davidson from Central Missouri. Zach, welcome to the Draft Analyst, and thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Zach, this is Tony Pauline. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Congratulations on a great pro day. We're going to be talking about that. And uh, for a lot of people who are not familiar with the name of Zach Davidson, you probably should because he's going to be one of the few non-1A, non-FCS guy, FBS guy, BCS guys, let's get it out, Tony, that will be selected in April's draft. So we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. All right. And Zach, Tony mentioned your pro day, which was obviously this past week. We're going to go back a little bit further to start the interview here and talk about your high school days. Now, you are from Webb City, Missouri, which is about two hours from Kansas City. So the real question here, were you a Chiefs fan when you were young? For sure. Uh, I, I grew up in the Trent Green area. I mean, we had a lot of good years. We had a lot of hopeful years, but never really broke the playoff spell. Um, but definitely been a fan of the good old boys up the road uh, for quite some time now. And so obviously you said you kind of were there through the Trent Green years. Now you have the, the Pat Mahomes years, and I'm sure that uh, – I'm sure that certainly is uh, is a nice. Not that Trent Green was bad by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but uh, different trajectory. Oh yeah, it's great to have a young bull at the the seat of the head. I mean, it, it's it's great to see somebody with the vers- versatility and capabilities that he has uh, take over the game and, and really change and evolve the game at an all time high. Especially with having an explosive offense that he has with weapons and Tyreek Hill and Travis and a bunch of supporting casts to go along with it. Now, where did you go to high school in, in Web City? I went to Web City High School, actually. Yeah. Uh, they were a 4A powerhouse, split-back beer team. So, uh, may uh, sound crazy. I did not play much tight end in high school. I was in the group. Uh, we were just uh, in-line uh, blocking tight ends used for our scheme, and I was more of a receiving type guy being so I was 6'5", uh, 210 pounds, and my junior year I was 195. So, uh scrawny kid so i stayed in my lane with punting now besides football did you play in any other sports in high school uh yes i participated in track my freshman and sophomore year i ran varsity uh 400 four by four four by two um i played basketball all four years i developed into a varsity starter my junior and senior year i was all conference my senior year and then i was uh on the football team each year as well I got to ask you, as Chris is probably rolling his eyes, the obligatory uh, track and field question, because I actually trained for the Olympic decathlon for uh, 10 years. What were your times in the 400, which is an absolutely killer event? Uh, it was, it was, a, it was my favorite event by far. Um, my best time was a 52, um, but I was also at 15, uh, 14 years old as well. Were you recruited for, uh, by any schools for track and field? That's a, that's an outstanding time. No, I dropped, uh, I dropped track my sophomore year to focus on basketball and uh, football in the spring. It was uh, more of the road I wanted to go. Uh, track was fun for me. I was originally a baseball guy, so making the conversion in high school was, was fun and interesting, but I felt I was going to be able to grow more in basketball and on the football side of things. 
Now, what players or athletes did you look to or kind of idolize growing up? You mentioned Trent Green. You know, is he one of them or were there other guys that you kind of, you know, looked at and kind of tried to emulate maybe at times? Uh, I didn't really try and emulate many uh, football players. I wasn't much of a football guy growing up. I saw myself as a basketball player uh, mainly in high school. Um, I kind of grew with the sport as I became more involved. Um, I didn't really start idolizing and modeling my game after guys until I got into college and I started focusing on uh, expanding my play as a tight end more. As a punter, I, I always loved Pat McAfee and Thomas Morstead, Marquette King, all the guys who had the big legs and uh, could back it up they, uh, week in and week out. Um, but as I got into college, I definitely idolized um, Travis Kelsey, uh, huge Chiefs fan. Uh, what he's been able to do for the organization is huge, and uh, it's been a blessing to be able to watch him and model a little bit of my game after him, but also just watching guys like George Kittle, Darren Waller, the model tight ends of today. Um, every team, it seems like every team's got a guy that's uh, the next generational player um, with, with the position growing and evolving at all-time high. Now, speaking of college, uh, you know, when it came time for you to go to college, you stayed cl relatively close to home, decided to go to uh, Central Missouri. What was your recruiting process like? Was there any interest from Division One schools? How did that How did that work out? Um, recruiting was very shallow for me. Uh, I was reached out to by multiple uh, NAIA D3 schools. I only hunted 24 times my junior year and 24 times my senior year. So I didn't have too many punts under my belt to show that I was a consistent punter, even though I had the leg to play at the next level. Um, I was recruited by two D2 schools and offered by two D school, two D2 schools in Missouri Southern and Central Missouri. Um, I was recruited by other D2 schools, but never received a, the offer that I was hoping. Um, I decided to stick with Central Missouri since Missouri Southern was in my hometown. Uh, kind of let me step away for a little bit and allow me to give myself some room to grow as a as a man. Now, when making that decision, obviously you talked about, you know, kind of getting away and, and growing a little bit. Did you ever think that you would grow all the way into an NFL draft pick several years later? Um, I don't know about at the tight end position. Definitely going into college, I had aspirations as a punter, um, understanding my natural ability to kick the ball. Uh, as I developed through college, uh, it started to become more of a reality playing behind Seth Aber, uh, my redshirt sophomore year. Uh, and seeing the opportunities that his play got him, uh, getting a couple camps, uh, a couple tryouts, um, I knew the offer was on the table. I never really considered getting drafted until after my 2019 season, uh, where I had a lot to go off of and uh, something I could back my name off of and prove myself. Now, you're beating us to the punch here, because while everyone knows you as a tight end, only the staunchest of Central Missouri fans are your opponents you know, knew that you were a punter and you received some accolades in 2017 because of your strong leg. At what point in time did the conversations with Central Missouri, you know, center on your future position? Say, hey, listen, we, let's forget about this guy kicking the ball. He's too much of a, uh, of a weapon for us and too valuable for us as a tight end. Um, it was kind of in the works coming in a freshman coach definitely uh, had me expecting expected to play early as a punter. Um, he definitely he wanted he came to a basketball game saw me steal the ball in the first two minutes and get two dunks later that night he texted me we're going to try out some other positions. I'd been in the tight end realm a little bit in high school so uh, we instinctively just 
capitalize on that position right off the bat. Uh, I was able to redshirt and sit in the tight end room and sit behind the first and second stringers um, and really learn the offense and allow myself to develop into position. My redshirt freshman year, I only punted. I was able to um, receive third team All-American Don Hansen um, as well as second team All-Conference. I did not see the field at tight end yet. They did not want me playing because I was too valuable as a punter. They didn't want me getting hurt. My redshirt sophomore year, I was able to get in a little bit as the backup tight end behind Seth Aber. Um, kind of got a taste for the position, getting the ball in my hands a couple times and being able to do something with it uh, allowed me to really set goals and set standards for myself going into my redshirt junior year of 2019 and uh, kind of just got handed full reins of the offense and was more involved each week. Um, and I was blessed to be in the position I was at Central Missouri in the offense that utilized the position the way they do. I was able to do a lot within the Y, the F, um, et cetera. Um, being exposed that early, it just allowed me to get a lot of stuff on tape, um, but also just a lot of guys to see my natural athletic talent uh, in the receiving game as well as some in the run game. Now, you mentioned 2017, how you didn't see the field because they didn't want you to get hurt because of your value as a punter. So what kind of changed from 2017 to 2018 when they were like, you know, okay, we have to get him on the field, at least as a backup, um, you know, and, and get his uh, his playmaking ability out there? Um, just getting a couple plays thrown my way. Um, and not too much was changed. I definitely was more punter that year. Uh, got Just got to be more involved. Uh, I was locked into the game a lot more than I was in past years. Um, uh, I, I got a taste of the physicality and speed of the game. Um, it just helped me prepare for the 2019 season. It wasn't nothing major. And now what was kind of pulling that double duty like as far as being a punter, being a tight end in terms of not just on the field, but also studying, practicing, you know, all your habits and things like that? Um, it, was, it was interesting. Uh, going from a first three down receiver to well, tight end receiver, uh, possibly running two or three vertical routes, clear out routes before having to step back there on fourth down and punt. It caused myself to really zone in and be able to control my breathing uh, when transitioning from tight end to punter. Um, it also allowed me to see the game from field positions uh, standpoint and I also learn the game uh, being involved with the offense, uh, just understanding uh, time of possession, field position, uh, um, objective of scoring, like uh, just really putting myself in the situation to uh, understand the flow of the game. And obviously those receiving numbers at the tight end position just jumped from year to year. And, and yes, a lot of that has to do with more playing time. But what would you say personally was the most important aspect of your development into the player you are today at the tight end position? Uh, coach got the ball in my hands early um, as a starter. Um, he understood my athletic talent. He just wanted to get me warmed up and broke in by that point. Uh, like I said, as the season went on, he gave me more and more opportunities to make plays for the team. Uh, I felt uh, I took the advantage of most of those opportunities. I, I left some things on the table, but um, definitely just feel um, the trust was there within the scheme and the system. Uh, it allowed me to be the best player I could be. Now, 2019 was the last fall season Central Missouri played, and you guys were a highly rated program. You made it through the second round of the playoffs before falling to number one ranked Ferris State. And Ferris State eventually went on to the title game, and they lost to, I believe it was West Florida. 
take us through the 2019 season and what was it what was the experience like for a you know a smaller division school like you guys going to through the playoffs where you basically you most of the playoff games or at least one against Ferris State is on the road um it was cool we ended up um finishing the season uh 10 and 1 uh we lost to Northwest State the last game of the season we ended up being co-conference championships both teams were undefeated so we kind of had a uh, super intense uh, season, just understanding that um, we were winning a lot in a row and, and to keep it rolling, we had to be consistent um, and stay healthy. Um, a lot of the guys hadn't played in, in um, the playoff situation, playoff atmosphere. So it did take some adjusting from that last game of the season for the championship to all the way until the second game where we ended up falling for Ferris. Um, Veteranship definitely played a, a huge part in those games. Uh, we were lucky enough to have the first home game against Indy in the playoffs. Um, we made the most of it. Home crowd really showed out for us. We were able to make a lot of big plays. Um, and then Ferris, we, we hadn't played that late in the year. Uh, we kind of fell off our scheme as an offense. Uh, we didn't play to the R standards. We dropped balls. We... Um, got sacked, we threw a couple of interceptions, a lot, a lot fell into it, but um, just, I would say being healthy and, and to our, uh, and consistent was our downfall. Um, we weren't at our, our best when we played Ferris and um, we let it show and it showed at the end of the day on the scoreboard. What would you have expected or what would you have liked to seen uh, from the team point of view in 2020, if you had gotten the chance to play last fall? Um, we definitely wanted to have a repeat season, but we knew it was a, a one week at a time in the MIAA. So we would just try and match the intensity. We were rolling in the off season. Uh, we're hitting good numbers and everything. We had a lot of anticipation to run it back, essentially, as the co-champions and, and hopefully win the conference outright. Um, we had a lot of firing power. We would be working with a new quarterback, but it was a guy that was had been around in Kyle Bradley or Logan Tweethouse and both had great chemistry with all our receivers. So we were really confident coming into the 2020 season. Um, it hit us pretty hard when they uh, wiped the playoffs and ended up wiping the season. But um, we found a way to practice and uh, prepare for two scrimmages that both got pulled from us and we ended up settling for a spring game in the end of October. So um, it was an up and down 2020, but we, we made the most of it and were able to learn and grow still. Um, I just ended up making a decision to leave. Um, there was nothing wrong with the team. We were, we had some heavy hitters and we were ready to play. So um, just, it was just a series of unfortunate events. Obviously every year for you, the numbers went up, the production went up. Was that set to happen again in 2020 where you were just going to absolutely explode and kind of be on everybody's radar? Uh Personally, I had this, those expectations for myself. I definitely wasn't going to um, set the same expectations. I was going to set higher expectations. I, I wanted to see more production game to game for myself. I wanted to be more consistent in the run game. So these were my emphasis. Uh, those were my emphasis into the offseason and, and training and focusing on uh, catching the ball in traffic and, and being uh, a lot more consistent at the top of my routes throughout the offseason. So I was definitely set to have another – breakout season uh, and be able to capitalize on the 2019 season coming into the December uh, off season of 
the summer. Now, at what point in your career did you notice scouts at your games and practices, and did you know they were specifically there to watch you? Um, that really didn't hit until the fall of 2020 when scouts started showing up to our practices. Um, I'd been meeting with agents uh, after the season, just talking about opportunity down the road, understanding that I had one season left, um, just planning ahead, uh, and ended up following my favor being prepared with the 2020 season being swept out from underneath us. But, um, yeah, uh, it was tough. Now, you said you met with uh, with agents over the summer. Did, did you know that, that scouts had given you a priority free agent grade? Were you aware of this? Uh, in the spring, yes, I was. I was aware of the national and Bledsoe scores, but I understood that those were very base grades and, and uh, basically just assumptions of who I could be. Um, so I definitely uh, worked off of those as well and, and setting expectations for myself and reaching higher goals. Um, but it, it definitely made me a lot more aware of, of my situation. So in other words, you kind of answered the question. It did motivate you to say, to, or to sort of say, hey, listen, you know what, I'm going to show them. Exactly. I mean, uh, I, I know as a small school guy, I don't face the same competition. So I had a lot of uh, ground to make up, but um, I feel I've been able to um, definitely capitalize on all of that and, and become a better player all around uh, through these past couple of months and training for the pro day and uh, et cetera. Now, obviously, come spring, uh, you know, COVID hits everything and, um, you know, lots of uncertainty obviously comes about from that. When did you and your teammates kind of start to get the notion that the fall season was going to end up getting postponed? Uh, it happened uh, a couple of weeks before fall camp that we knew that they're probably going to either cancel our playoffs or our season. So we started preparing mentally, but um, we, we wanted to play. Um, coach sat down the leadership council and asked us if we wanted to pick up a game or an expedi exposi expedition game <laughs> or a scrimmage, and we were all for it. Um, knowing it was possibly some of the guys' uh, last run, uh, we wanted to make the most of it. And, I mean, I feel we showed up with that energy to practice every day and, and were able to compete and really push each other through the fall um, with no competition lined up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's really tough. You said you had a spring game, I believe you said, in October of last year, correct? Yeah, they had a spring game. I ended up sitting out knowing my position. I didn't want to further any injuries or um, get injured in practice. Um, so I focused on sticking around and just helping coach up the, the position group of the tight ends and, and just uh, be there for support and um, – just focus on what I was going to do afterwards off the field. What did you do afterwards off the field? I mean, what were you doing to stay in shape uh, November, December, to, to actually to move towards what I'm sure your hope was the combine because you did receive a combine invitation. Yes. Um, I was working out with the team uh, at this point. Uh, coach still allowed me to come show up to the workouts, even though I wasn't practicing the last week of practice and that scrimmage. Uh, uh, I still stuck with all my boys. Um, I knew uh, if I wanted to reach the goals that I had set for myself and, and coming out and possibly getting the chance, I knew that I had to keep working uh, more, if not uh, harder uh, than I was before. And I had a lot of attention to detail in that time as well. Um, just aligning with my agent as well that I signed with in November, uh, some training spots and getting prepared for that as well. Obviously, Central Missouri chose to just flat out cancel the season instead of 
simply postponing it to the spring. Now, if they had decided to play in the spring before you made your decision in October, what were your thoughts on possibly playing in a spring football season? Um, I wasn't against it, but um, with my situation, I graduated in December. So I knew I would, um, if I planned on playing the spring, uh, I hadn't really thought of transferring or anything like that um, yet. Um, but I had talked with the coach and he wasn't for certain that we were going to play. So I, I really hadn't put myself in the situation uh, of playing in the spring, knowing that I'd be away from school, uh, which really led to the decision of coming out and focusing on uh, training and getting my body uh, corrected for any anything possible, whether it was grad transferring or uh, coming out and ended up ultimately be coming out and uh, heading down to Miami and uh, training with Pete Bomarito. So did you give consideration to playing in the fall of 2021? Uh, I did. Um, it was a tough decision to not to not come back, uh, but I understood with coming back to Division II, I wouldn't be able to race my draft stock yeah, significantly playing against the same competition unless I doubled my numbers or repeated uh, plus some. Um, and then the grad transfer route wasn't attractive to me just because I understood the grad student loan uh, load on top of learning a whole new system and expecting the same production within that system in such a short amount of time. Uh, I felt more comfortable making the decision of getting myself possibly in the room uh, with an organization to where I can develop into a player that I want to be instead of forcing a situation and trying to prove myself at a higher level uh, with a shorter amount of time to prepare. And we recently had Quinn Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater on the show. And he mentioned that a big reason for him turning pro was the uncertainty about the 2021 fall season being played. Piggybacking off that a little, do you think Central Missouri is going to be playing in the fall of 21? Um, I believe so. Um, they're preparing like they are. They have a couple spring uh, games slash scrimmages set up. So I feel the MIAA will pull through. Um, Definitely, MIAA sees themselves as the SEC of D2, so uh, they have a, a reputation to uphold, and I don't think they'll go two years without football. Now, you you, uh, you were lucky enough to uh, participate in the Missouri Pro Day. Did you participate with the Missouri players, or was it a situation where you Missouri went first and then you went after them? Uh, I was actually with the – I was just thrown in the, the group. Um, I was actually back and forth with Larry Roundtree. We, we did the running back and tight end section together. Uh, we just went from drill to drill um, back and forth. Um, yeah, it was a great experience. They really took me in with open arms and allowed me to use their facilities, um, provide me with whatever I needed hydration-wise, uh, training staff-wise. Um, they were great, and it was, it, was a, it was a great opportunity, and I was blessed to be a part of it, um, coming from a situation where I wasn't going to have a pro day. Um, I was very lucky to have a, a group behind me pushing for me to get in there. Uh, I know I had some guys in the league uh, pushing my name, uh, making sure I could get in there just to get some eyes on me because I knew um, all I needed to get my name out there and really grow my draft stock was to get – people to to see me perform now not to rely off of the 2019 film you measured uh, six foot six and a half inches 245 pounds you touched 37 and a half inches on the vertical which is an outstanding number nine feet nine inches in the broad you had time i was 
told by people who were there as fast as four, five, eight in the 40 and, and your three cone was outstanding at six, nine, five. Were those marks better than what you had expected or what you basically had maybe written out for yourself or, you know, do you think uh, they could have been a little bit higher or a little bit faster? Um, those marks were pretty accurate. Uh, I definitely wanted to run a little bit faster in the 40, uh, just situationally. I had been testing laser around the 458, 4.59 range, so I kind of had an expectation for myself to perform on all those numbers. Uh, down at Bomberitos, they have a great system, so I was really aware of where I was at training-wise, so uh, I had expectations and goals. I, I blew my pro agility and L drill. Uh, out of the water. I was super ecstatic about those numbers. My, like I said, my 40 would, could have been better. Personally, uh, there's a couple of things that I could have tweaked or adjusted. Um, but I was overall very satisfied with the day. Um, I can't complain. Uh, with the one opportunity I was given, I feel like I made the most out of it. Now, uh, Chris and I are here in New York. We're both New York Jets season ticket holders, and I'm told that the New York Jets are one of the teams that are courting you very heavily, as well as the Atlanta Falcons and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, any preference, or what has it been like speaking with those teams, or any other team for that matter? Um, I don't think there's a preference. Um, uh, I'm definitely just looking for my opportunity to get in a system that's going to utilize me to, to be the best player I can be. Um, it's, it's been a great experience to meet with these teams and learn what expectations of players in my position are. Um, also just getting an external evaluation of myself from, uh, a handful of people directly from the NFL. Um, it's, it's been, it's been great for a personal growth standpoint, um, and, and setting goals for myself from here on out. Um, it's been a blessing just to, to be a part of this process so far. And it's been really eye-opening. And uh, I feel like I've been able to prepare myself and uh, set myself up to be in the best position I possibly could be in. Have you been having a lot of Zoom meetings with teams? Yes. Um, those have picked up since uh, Monday. Uh, I think I've had four so far in these past three days. And then I have two more coming up tomorrow. And then I have a several set for next week already. So. Um, business has picked up have you done as well it should as well it should i i mean you obviously that pro day alone i mean the film is outstanding if people take the time to watch it and and the pro day numbers uh match the film now have you undergone any of the zoom medical exams uh yes i actually did go through my medicals through the combine i met with a couple doctors and then i went and got my blood work tested and my ekg down in miami uh, it, it, it's been cool. Um, it's been different not being able to go to the doctors, but it, I mean, they make it work through zoom and, and just keeping everybody safe. So, uh, NFL has been real compliable with, uh, COVID-19 regulations and keeping everybody healthy. Now, Tony kind of mentioned it, you alluded to it before about, you know, wanting to go to the combine, wanting to just get in front of as many eyes as possible. Now, a lot of our listeners probably have never seen you play. So kind of, Fill them in a little bit on what you think your biggest strengths are as a player and the things that make you stand out compared to both your opponents and to other tight ends at your position. I got you. Um, I'm, I'm not great at boasting on myself, but I, I will give an evaluation of myself. Um, I'm as, uh, like you said earlier, I have a huge frame at six, six and a half um, with a four, six, 40. I mean, I, once I get my stride, I feel like there's not a DB that can flip his hips and run with me. Uh, 
I, I'm very aggressive and physical uh, with the ball in the air, um, downfield, uh, in a flat route. Um, I feel very comfortable with the ball in my hands. I, I can make a, a move, one or two moves after I catch the ball and gain some extra yards. I, I pride myself on run after catch. Um, I averaged 24 yards per catch my redshirt junior year. I scored 15 touchdowns on 40 receptions with 894 yards receiving. Um, I also was an all-conference punter three years running. Uh, I was a first-team all-region punter and a first-team all-region tight end, as well as a first-team all-American by five different uh, voted press um, awards. So, um Definitely just a very versatile athlete. Um, in our offense, I was able to play a lot. Uh, my position was the Y, but we, we ran everything from Y to F to an H back. Um, just very exposed player. I can do uh, a, a variety of it all. Of it all. Um, uh, yeah, very young to the, to the position, very raw uh, to the position. So... I definitely expect a lot of growth for myself in the upcoming near future and uh, a lot of production as well. So now you said you don't want to boast too much. So maybe this question might fit a little better. What part of your game needs the most development? Uh, I, I can definitely jump on that real quick. Uh, evaluating 2019 film, which is most likely what most people have seen on me. Um, definitely just being consistent in the run game, being disciplined in the run game, uh, uh, being disciplined at the top of my routes, I tend to rely on just trying to run by a guy in 2019 as of having a set plan of how I'm going to reroute them, uh, adjust to their leverage, and, and stem my route to get me open within the concept. Um, on top of the run run blocking, I can I have a very strong core base and upper body now. As to the 2019 film, I was inconsistent with my upper body. Uh, inconsistent with my feet. Uh, my core wasn't very strong. So uh, overall, just was an inconsistent blocker. Um, now I can expect myself to be able to hold my weight a little bit in that area of the game. Well, Zach, that's really all we've got for you tonight. Thank you so much for joining the show and best of luck through the rest of the draft process as we creep closer to draft month here in late March. Awesome. I appreciate you guys having me. Um, it's, it's been a blessing to be a part of this process thus far. And I'm and I don't intend on stopping anytime soon. So um, I hope you each have a, a great evening and hopefully talk down the road. Zach, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, as I suggested, everyone should search out your film. And uh, I know a lot of people became more familiar with your, with your name after uh, that tremendous uh, Pro Day performance earlier this week. So thanks so much. Good luck in April. And I know we'll be seeing you playing next year on Sunday. I appreciate it. I hope I can put on a show for you guys down the road. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness is upon us. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. If you're tired of upsets crushing your March Madness bets, you can always look to Bet Online's NFL draft odds. We've talked about it a few times already. But the running back odds have finally come full circle with Najee Harris now favored to go ahead of Travis Etienne. People must be listening to our show, Tony. And if they read my mock draft, it'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. I think that spread is going to be even greater between Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. It's not because Etienne's a bad back. It's just that Najee Harris is outstanding. 
So head to the website, betonline.ag, and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now, Tony, another great interview with Zach Davidson here. What stood out most to you, uh, what he was able to kind of share with us about, you know, just the season and the combine and just kind of everything that he went through this past year? He seems to have it all together. I mean, he seems to know where he is, what he's good at, and what he has to do. I, I mean, as I said in the beginning, watch the film and he stands out. And that interview, I mean, he's a confident guy and he knows what he's got to work on. I mean, he went on for several minutes about, you know, the areas of his game that he needs to improve off of 2019. I thought that was very impressive. Yeah, definitely very self-aware in a lot of ways and just, yeah, very, you know, comfortable in his own skin, knows what he needs to do, knows what he has done so far and knows what moving forward he needs to do. Um, you know, certainly a guy that has his eyes on the future, seems like he's had his eyes on the future for a while now. Um, so you can kind of see that. And, you know, again, as, as Tony said, and, you know, as we've kind of been saying here, go back and watch the film on Zach Davidson, because if you do, you will be impressed by what you see on the field. Now, yes lower level of competition, et cetera. Again, that's why the Shrine game and, you know, events like that are huge for these small school prospects. So it's unfortunate he didn't have the opportunity to show out. But again, it's actually fortunate that he did get the opportunity to do so, at least on pro day. You look at uh, this year's tight end class. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is is toast of the town. Then you got a bunch of guys like uh, Pat Fryer with the Penn State, Revan Jordan of Miami of Florida, Tommy Tremble of uh, Notre Dame. I like Kenny Yoboa. You got to throw Hunter Long in there. And that takes you through the fourth round. After that, I mean, it's anybody's guess. Kylan Granson of SMU, Trey McKitty of Georgia, Nick Eubanks of Michigan, who had a disappointing season. Noah Gray of Duke, who was even more disappointing. And then there's Zachary Davidson. I mean, six foot, six and a half inches, 245 pounds, runs a 4'8", four, 4'5", four, he told us he ran a laser time 4'5", in training, Warren Jackson, the receiver from Colorado State, had his pro day. He was six foot six, 219 pounds. He ran a 4.69. So Zachary Davidson is almost 30 pounds heavier and a full tenth of a second faster. Uh, you know, small school competition or, or not, this guy's going to go much earlier in the draft than people are expecting. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, the players that go, middle to end of day three, teams are looking to kind of shoot for the moon a bit. So they're either taking guys who are particularly productive and are really good football players in college that, you know, maybe have a high floor for special teams play, or maybe can kind of overcome, you know, perceived size or athleticism limitations uh, to become effective NFL players, or you're looking for these like, you know, unicorn athletic freak types. And Zachary Davidson certainly fits that ladder model. Not to say he wasn't productive, not to say he's not a good football player, but the idea of just that level of athleticism that he has, I mean, when you're in the fifth round, I mean, these picks have such a low probability of hitting that you want to shoot for high upside. You want to shoot for that level of athleticism. And certainly that's something that Zachary Davidson's going to bring to the table. Well, the other aspect is this. You had so many seniors so many draftable seniors or seniors that would have had draftable grades decide to return to the college field and basically accept the extra senior season that was afforded to them by the NC2A. What's going to happen is guys are going to get overdrafted. So a guy like Zach Davidson, who's got good film, who turned in a terrific pro day, who you may ordinarily say uh, grade as a fifth round pick, 
Now, all of a sudden, the fourth round comes and, you know, the board is thin because of the fact that there is a dearth of uh, talent because so many guys are going back and, you know, it's fallen off at the, uh, at the tight end position. And all of a sudden, he looks very appealing to you, especially with those size speed numbers. Now, before we sign off, we want to give a brief moment to talk about eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects the seller with a verified return process. And for those sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 and above, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. And that's it for the 180th episode of The Draft Analyst presented by Bet Online and by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us any questions and give any feedback you may have as well. Special thanks go out to Zach Davidson for joining the show today. And we'll be back next week with more NFL draft coverage and likely another interview for all of you listeners out there. Until then, on behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. We'll talk to you soon. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.